see you lied to us. Did I do the numbers in the wrong order? You did the numbers in reverse. This is because Jim interrupted with talking after I said, I'm going to do the numbers, and then he said some bullshit. I was muttering mostly to myself. <laughs> <laughs> you you turned off my muscle memory for how to do a show. I, I fucked your muscle memory up. I apologise normally for the listeners, for the layperson. Laura synchronises our recording. She goes three, two, one, clap, right? On the fourth beat, not on number three. Don't you worry about that. She always says on the fourth beat, so I don't forget and fuck up. And she does have to clarify because we, we do it wrong every time. Oh, we're incapable. Every show I do does it a different way. So every time. That's also like, true. Yep, anytime where I don't say we're going to do three, two, one, clap on the fourth beat. Uh, someone will hear one and clap on the one or they'll try and say three, two, one along with me. I'm like, no, that's not how we do things in this house. Yeah. So anyway, today it was one, two, three clap, not three, two, one clap. I don't know what's going on in the world anymore. Uh, I know what's going on in the world. Well, no one knows what's going on in the world because we've spent we we've we've spent this week looking at artsy bullshit that we don't understand. Right. Do we want to talk about some of our artsy bullshit? Right. Here's the question. Right. What did Jack do? Oh, I spent 17 minutes trying to find out what Jack did. It can only be answered with another question, which is what the fuck is that shit? Ah, oh, so if anyone's unaware, what did Jack do is a 17 minute David Lynch thing that's on Netflix. And it's David Lynch having a conversation with a monkey that I'm pretty sure is voiced by himself. Yep. Uh, about how the monkey, I think, cheated on a chicken. And also the monkey might have been trying to flee the city because he might have done a murder. And like the train station was shut down. So Officer Lynch sits down and has coffee with this monkey who's a crime suspect. Yeah, they've superimposed a human mouth on the monkey's face. It's straight out of 1998. It's just human lips on a monkey face. It's very odd. And it, it, it talks... And then David Lynch talks, and it's, it's basically a bunch of non sequiturs. It's like, did you know a chicken is like, eh, I got two left feet and I dance in the gutters. And it's just that for 17 minutes. It's, it's a lot of rhetorical questions back and forth. And I'll tell, tell you this, David fucking Lynch... He loves this. He, he has wanted to oh. do this film since twenty, since before 2014, I would imagine. Yeah, stop asking me to make more Twin Peaks. I want to make this nonsense. He says, I've got a quote from in 2014. Right now, I'm mostly writing Twin Peaks. I've got a painting going and I'm building a chair. I love to build things. And this is for a monkey film. <laughs> I'm working with a monkey named Jack that will come out sometime. It is not a chimpanzee. The monkey came from South America. So he is very adamant that he is not passing a chimp off as a monkey. Yeah. He, he can prove it's a monkey because it came from South America. So here's, here's, here's what I will say. Uh, as someone who very recently tried to do the, the work that's required to process Twin Peaks, uh, anyone who thinks that Twin Peaks is surreal and requires, you know, like, you know, uh, digging into... Twin Peaks ain't got nothing on this. I do not understand a fucking thing that is happening here. It's 17 minutes long. Now, you see, that's where I think you're wrong. Well, I... I think you're wrong on that. And here's where I, I beg to differ. I don't think you're under any obligation to try and interpret what did Jack do. I don't get... This is... It's it's fine if you want to try and, like, delve into that deep. But I looked at it, and I, I watched maybe five minutes of it, and I said, okay, I... I kind of get this. I'm curious to see the end. I don't have enough 
attention or interest to watch the remaining 10 minutes of it right now, I'll get back to it at some point. But I think anybody who heard that David Lynch was putting out (laughs) a thing on Netflix that was 15 minutes in length really should have had an expectation that it was going to be something that didn't make sense. I don't know if David Lynch even has a point because... In his quotes about it, he only ever calls it a monkey film. Uh, I think he just thought to himself, like, six years ago, I think I'm going to make a monkey film. I'm going to have a chat with me, but it's a monkey. Yeah. Yeah. I want to I be seen in a train station having a chat with a monkey. And he made it happen. I mean, he followed his dreams. I'm, I'm half tempted to say the right way to interpret this is just on a surface level. It is just a thing about him having a chat with a monkey who might have done a murder and might have cheated on his chicken friend. But, like, there's enough things that feel like they're trying to hint at some kind of allegory that, like, I, I don't... <sighs> the interpretations simultaneously feel too simple and too complicated, and I don't know how to feel about that. Well, that is something that he does. Yeah, yeah. It's a lesson. The film is a lesson. It's don't make a monkey film before you've got a monkey idea. (laughs) He only ever calls it a monkey film. This is another quote in 2017. All right. He was calling it a monkey film in 2014. Fast forward to 2017 and it's I will sign copies at the Paris Photo Fair of his book. And then I will show my monkey film at the Foundation Cartier. It's a strange film of 17 minutes. He didn't even have enough ideas for a tight 90. Uh, so yeah, I, my, my whole week has just been all of this surreal nonsense. Like, I'm a big fan of that band My Chemical Romance, and they've been teasing for a couple of days, hey, hey, we're doing a big YouTube premiere. You know how we keep doing things that have like little snippets of what sound like it's going to be like a new track from us, and some of our tracks keep getting listed on, on, on various streaming services as if we're having a new album, and we're, we're bigging up this streaming thing. It's like... Okay, okay, there's a there's a there's a YouTube premiere and it's listed as it's got like who wrote the music and Warner Brothers owns the the music in it. I'm like, "Oh, nice and simple. It's going to be a fucking music video for a band I like." No, it was 15 minutes of a teenager doing a summoning ritual to try and bring the band back after their decade hiatus and then running away from characters from old music videos that are trying to try to kill him and then he runs through a door and there's some ambient music and it sounds like it's going to be a new song and and then it just cuts to black and I don't know what I experienced. I think it sounds to me like it's uh, the band is making a statement on nostalgia and the desire that fans have for them to come back before, you know, and do the things that they did before. And in the end, that desire for nostalgia is going to destroy us all in an artistic cultural sense. I mean, you're probably right, but also... You can't fucking tease me with putting, putting like, ah, oh, here's who wrote the music for this thing. And, like, all of the setup was, like, it, it ends with, like, ah, oh, we've run away from all of the previous albums and I run through a door and here's all this new iconography and some music starts to play. And it's, like, any other time this would be, like, ah, oh, this is, this is where a new song happens. No. They've been doing some cryptic bullshit. They've been, like, announcing tour dates by doing, like, weird glyphs in old ancient languages you have to transcribe. I don't know what this band's up to anymore. My heart can't take it. It sounds like they're a band that hasn't uh, been much of a thing for the last ten years and are now going to make a comeback and they're trying to generate as much buzz as they possibly can. I mean... Yeah, the, the, these sort of weird ARG things that bands do from time to time. Yeah. I, 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 
I can't talk because Marilyn Manson did a bunch of shit around the release of Mechanical Animals that I was very into. Um, yeah, well, this this is the thing. As much as like I'm going, I don't fucking understand what's happening. I was fucking enraptured for the whole 15 minutes. I am more than happy to just keep getting weird 15-minute vignettes where I'm like, this hits all my nostalgia buttons. I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to take from this, but... Whoa. I'll be honest, I didn't get David Lynch's shorts about the rabbits either. I don't I don't understand art anymore. It's too much. I don't have it in me to do art. I watched that film Tusk this week. Oh, I've been thinking about watching that. Have you have you ever seen it? <clears throat> I've not seen it. I've been considering it. Is it the human centipede but someone turns into a walrus instead? Um Okay, I, I'm gonna summarize some plot stuff because like I don't think knowing the plot of this in any way diminishes the experience because it's about the journey. Yeah. Um it it is about a real asshole podcaster whose whole thing is basically trying to be as offensive as possible. Um Great example, his podcast is called The Not Sea Party, and you pronounce it fast, it's like oh. the Nazi party. And like, he's that level of asshole. And he's traveling America because he wants to go interview, like, basically the Star Wars kid or whatever and make fun of him on a podcast. And uh, that falls through. So he's in Canada and goes, I'm going to follow this weird, sketchy note to an old house in the middle of nowhere because that sounds like a weirdo I can interview. And. Yeah, the person who he, he shows up in the middle of nowhere to go, you seem like a weirdo I can make fun of in front of the internet. Um, turns out to be the kind of person that will turn you into a walrus. Gotcha. And it's... Makes perfect sense. It, it's it's terrifically acted. It It is a lot. It is... <laughs> that fella from Waiting and uh, The Dark Knight Rises is in uh, it, Yeah, yeah, I believe so. He is. I think he plays the, the podcaster, I think. Yeah, it's it's quite a journey. Yeah. It, it is a body horror experience. If, if, you, if you like seeing things that your brain goes, I can't quite process this, it's, it's perfectly in that uncanny valley where it's like, I'm ter- I'm unsettled by this thing's existence because it looks too real. Interesting. This is a this is a good horror film for that. I got really annoyed earlier because I remember Transformers Animated exists. I've not seen it, but why is it called Transformers Animated? Wasn't it always animated? They all are. And before <laughs> any of the smart ass fucking listeners chime in and say what about the live action movies, right? They were animated in that and all. Yes. Morons. So shove that up your fucking asses. It came out in 2007. I was watching Transformers when I was three years old. That was well before 2007. So, I've not seen it. Oh. Tom Kenny played Starscream. I did see some of those scenes. Um, that's uh, SpongeBob SquarePants' voice, which translates very well to Starscream's, actually. Just make it a bit ruder. I would never have thought of that, but I, I guess so. Yeah, you just make him sound a bit naughtier. And then you've got yourself a Decepticon. Also, before we get into... Don't worry, we'll tell you if your favourite games are great or perfect or what the, whatever. Whatever joke we're doing this week. Um, I got an offer from a company. This is a shout-out to them. I'm not going to use their product. But Head & Home, a, a hat company... The American hat makers, they call themselves. Capitalised the A as well in makers. I don't know why. Um, but they said, we noticed as of recently, you haven't, been, uh, you haven't been wearing that red vested top hat. 
and we wanted to reach out to an offer, uh, offer you a free hat. Oh heck! Huh. So wow. Yeah. I, I don't know. Actually, now that I say it, I think it's the company that made the red hat that I used to wear. <laughs> Now that I'm rereading it, I just thought it was just some, you know, company looking for some, you know, stuff. Um, oh, if they could make a hot pink version of exactly that hat, that would be amazing. They also thanked me for my Terminator Resistance review. So I might actually get, I wasn't going to get back to them because I thought it was just some <laughs> third party looking for a bit of promotion or whatever. Um I'm going to double check where that hat came from because if that's the same company, <laughs> that uh. would be incredible. Anyway, that was fun. That started off as just a nice little anecdote and turned into something that I think was quite exciting. So, you know, we're over 10 minutes in. That'll do. Yeah, there we go. How's everyone doing this week? We got video games to fill some time with? Yeah, this is the part of the show where I go quiet. What? Where we talk about video games? Uh, as quiet as possible. Do, do you not like video games, Jim? I fucking hate them. I, I have, I've only ever played one video game. It was Space Invaders on a table in a pub. When they were in a table. The moment video games stopped being inside tables, I gave up. So I played Space Invaders when I was four, and that was it. Well, you know what, Jim? Fuck you trying to avoid talking about video games. I control the, the schedule. I've got the list here. Tell us about a video game. You did win it. <sighs> Go. Right. Well, in 1987, I played Space <laughs> Invaders on a table. <laughs> and then, you know, by the time the 90s rolled round, arcades were ubiquitous. You had to start standing up for him, and I thought, fuck that. I mean, I'm going to be honest, I kind of want to own a table I can play video games in the table. It seems like a cool thing. I mean, it was amazing. It is, it's still a thing that, like, I have an arcade machine, and, and I, you know, that that's cool. But the tabletop, like, a tabletop Miss Pac-Man, I mean, that would just, my wife would kill, I think, for that. Um it's a beautiful thing. Uh, isn't it just? Why did video games stop coming in table form? Oh, yeah. Well, they stopped putting them as much in bars. And That's fine. I I I want to I want to buy my like, you know, the next Mario game or whatever. I want to have to buy a whole table to get the next Mario game. I'd play it on a table. That's it. That's how video games should come now. By the time arcade machines had things you could sit down, I, I was too fat to get in them because I saw the stands in arcade machines and said, "Fuck this, I'm going to go home and eat." <laughs> Uh, I did that for about five years. Then I saw Ridge Racer. <laughs> uh, Jim, Jim, yeah. Jim, how's the end of that Terminator right. game? All right, all right. Let's talk about let's real time, serious time now. I'm gonna bully you into talking about a video game. Pull up my pants real high for video game talk. Right, played that Terminator Resistance. Talked about it last week. Liked it very much. It's got romance options. What? I talked already about how they put like way more into it than they maybe should have and it's awesome um and they they were trying real hard and they've got these little rpg mechanics and characters appreciating or not appreciating things we talked about all that last week i then played more of it i beat it now there were romance options i i i got two of them i don't know if there's it'd be i don't think there's more um but i i did sex twice and they Tried their best to make them tasteful. They did more like Red Shoe Diaries. Well, you were, you were able to put them 
on your YouTube channel. That is true. Without fear. That is true. <laughs> you, you didn't have to do that thing I did once where I had to put all the black bars over no. that game I played where there, there was there was fucking a fish. No way. They These were proper tasteful. You don't see nothing. That's the only... That's the only qualifier to be tasteful, is so long as you don't see any nipples or, f- or fanny hair, obviously. And they don't show any of that. And they've got two sex scenes, both of them just as tasteful. One of them is with an army person. Show- so at the end, she says dismissed. So it's like, you know you've done good sex. And then the other one is the one where they really try to do the Sarah Connor, Kyle Reese one <laughs> in the film. They got an acoustic version of the Terminator uh, song. No, 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 no. And she's all like, ah, oh, ah, oh, like that. It's it's brilliant. And then uh, then I beat it and it's got an ending like Fallout with all the like modern Fallout where it's like different slides that tell you what happened depending on your actions. I mean, that's the classic Fallout too. They all did that. I got the bad ending. It was really harsh. Really harsh. I, I keep hearing about this game and just being overwhelmed by how many, like, things it is doing. Yeah, I that mean... it doesn't need to be doing. It would never qualify, I don't think, for, like, a Game of the Year contender. But if I had in my awards, like, Surprise of the Year, or, like, Underdork... Uh, underdork? I tried to say Underdog and Dark Horse at the same time. Uh, I'll stick with it. Underdork of the Year. It would get it. <laughs> because, I mean, it was just a... Uh, it's a revelation playing it. I'm, I'm really surprised. Again, these were the Rambo people that made that, you know, very critically maligned Rambo game. Um, they clearly, at least one person in charge, loved the first Terminator films, like the first two. So much of it is, is um, authentic. The designs, the, there were complaints, I think, because there were red lasers at the beginning. Halfway through, you discover the the upgraded gun that does the purple. They thought they thought about this. It's still amazing. So anyway, I played that. I I kind of recommend it. So long as you go in, you know, expecting a a, a dressed down version of everything I'm talking about. Um, low ish budget, but a ton of sincerity. You go in expecting that. I don't think many people will be disappointed. Uh, it's not deep. The stealth is ridiculous with its termination knife. Um, the shoot, it, it gets really easy the more you play it. It gets too easy unless you bump it up. On normal, I would recommend going on hard. But uh, yeah, really good. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I was impre- very impressed. I'm, I'm always impressed when a licensed thing that like has has a name attached and that's probably going to sell it enough things to make its money back goes and goes yep. no 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 we're going to we're going we're going to make an actual good game as opposed to making a like what's technically a game with a name on yeah i mean i hope they do more i hope this cuz they already done rambo they've now done terminator i hope that becomes their thing is like you know action movie properties or or just film properties in general would you would you play if if they made like a die hard game would you play that I would play a die hard game like don't do the the on rail stuff anymore that didn't work for Rambo follow this method I would I would play a die hard game that had similarities to this like set it in you know the airport or whatever 
Um, mind you, they started expanding that franchise to cities and shit. Do whatever you want. Do it. You've got my permission. You've got free reign. Um, yeah, I'd do that. I would. I would be fine if they did like a mid-tier thirty to forty dollar Aliens game. Um, oh. I was just thinking Predator. Predator. They've got one of them coming out this year. It's some sort of asymmetrical multiplayer thing. Mm. Um, but if they did a, you know, a Predator, I'd be up for that. They could do AVP. Do the the whole three campaign thing, oh, but on there. Yeah. I mean, they had Rebellion do it last time, and that was sort of, I would want to say, similar standing in terms of studio position in the market. Um, they do a cheap and cheerful one, probably better than uh, Rebellion did, because that one was a bit. Mm, it was all right, but it was a bit. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I would see. I would happily see them do more. Ah, nice. Yeah. And we need it. Like, this is that mid-tier game I talk about. The one that isn't all the big AAA or the small indie. It's just they're pootling along. The industry used to be full of them. Yep. Full of them. I would go into a game station and just pick video games based off their covers. Because they were like three or five pounds. Because they'd been <laughs> yeah. out for like oh. ten years. Um, on the, on, this was like the PS2 era. So I'd get things from like earlier in the generation. Because I came on quite late. And it was a bit of a gamble, but it was super cheap. And yeah. it, it just that, that mid-card library of stuff, Shadow of Memories, Shadow Hearts, mm. there's a lot of Shadow stuff back then. Um, <laughs> yeah, really, really enjoyable stuff. Yeah, there were gems. There were always yeah. gems in Absolutely. amongst that crowd. And sure, yeah. you'd find some that were pretty lazy or cheap. That did happen. But every once in a while, you'd happen upon something that, that becomes a treasured part yeah. of your, your library. Yeah. And sometimes even those cheap, cynical ones have some worth to them. Like that yeah. time I got Blood Rain for three pounds and <laughs> had a, had way more of a, an enjoyable time with it than I thought I would. Um, but yeah, that Terminator Resistance represents that kind of thing. That would be the... That felt almost like pulling it out of a bargain bin and being surprised. Um, so yeah, cool. Yeah. What, what about you, comrade? What have you been playing this week? Um, you know, much of the same. I, um, I'm almost done with disco elysium um yeah yeah how how are you feeling now you now you're closing in on the end um i mean it's still the best written game i've ever played so that's something um yeah it, it's interesting how despite my attempts to not want to engage with the mystery it has still managed to draw me into the mystery hmm. and i'm legitimately curious as to m some motivations and things surrounding what's about to happen i i really appreciate how little that game feel like it feels like it's forcing you to go and engage with that stuff while still finding ways to drop it in yeah i mean to a certain extent it it yeah. does event you know they're there's some limitations there where it's like, yeah. oh, you're going to have to do this because you need some more experience points. And these are really the only clear options for things to do that will put you down that path. Yeah. But that's OK. Um, it's, it's within within the realm of like, ah, you, you let me get a lot further before you put any of those rails in place than most games would. Yes. And, and none of it's bad or boring either. So it's not like you're being punished for you know you're getting good stuff no matter what uh so that that yeah i i'm really enjoying that um i uh i also but I, the thing i played this weekend that i thought was really interesting was uh piku niku uh, oh yeah which i hadn't you know it's been around a few years i guess and i hadn't uh 
play. I might already have it on PS4 because I think it was probably a PS Plus game at some point and I just didn't download it. I know nothing about this, but based off the title, Piku Niku, I expect 10 years from now, Jonathan Holmes to say it's the best video game of all time. Uh, You've probably seen it, Jim. It's that one where it's like, it's very uh, block colours with like a little oval with two eyes and very long legs. Look this up. You've, prob- you've probably seen the long-legged fella that is the the, 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 the character. Oh, that is exactly the kind of game that Jonathan Holmes would call the most mature game of all time, just to get a rise out of people. But he does it so sincerely, you can't tell if he's actually doing it on purpose. Um, no, it's fun though. It's he's got really long legs. Here's the thing about it. Like, I mean, and it's it's a platformer uh, with a uh, sort of adventure quest structure to it where you meet these characters along the way and things that you may have done, you know, require you to then do other things for them in exchange, yada, yada, yada. It's, it's cute, but it is also like probably the most surprisingly anti-capitalist thing I've played in a long time. (laughs) Now we're down to my best game of all time situation. Like, yeah, it's really interesting. What, what, it starts out very, I mean, it's not subtle about any of this, really. Uh, but the basic idea is that there is some character who owns a corporation and his uh, he has an advertisement for his offer to these villages scattered all over the world that he's going to come by with his robots and he's going to collect all their natural resources and then he's going to give them free money. Oh, I I'm looking at a trailer while you describe it. <laughs> I'm getting in on this. <laughs> yes, you should you should definitely get into this. I think you would dig it a lot because it is it's very fun and cute and playful and and you know it has this sense of cheer about its world, but it it deals with some really dark shit. Yeah, it's it's what what if we told a story that was very real world relevant uh, and didn't shy away from the realities, but also presented it as, like, an almost Katamari Damacy level, like, bright, colourful, silly, silly yeah. minigame-esque world. Yeah. Visually, it looks a lot like like something like Loco Roco. Yes, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's just enough uh, positive, light-hearted stuff to keep the the very serious stuff it deals with from, from you know, being being the only thing the tone has going for it. And it's a lot of its traversal puzzles, which is totally fine. But every once in a while, it'll dive into some mini game that's just super fun and they're never too long. So if it's not something you don't jive with, you know, that you're stuck doing it for a long period, it's just real quick. Uh, some cool boss stuff. It's it's a really solid little platform uh, on its own. And then you add in this really strong, like, messaging and you know like this game has a viewpoint and it is going to be 100 percent explicit in that viewpoint um so that yeah it's 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 pretty cool yeah i I would it it was it was in the steam sale for a buck and that you know i was like well i can't turn that down it'd been sitting in my wish list forever it's list normal price is 12.99 and yeah you know i actually think it might be worth that um, and I don't know if it's on other platforms. I guess I could have. It's on Switch. Uh, yeah, I believe it's on Switch now. Yeah. Yeah. It, oh, it'd be great on Switch. 
Yeah, it'd be so good on Switch. Devolver Digital as well, which is always uh, always raises my expectation at least a little. They've got good taste in quality levels. Yeah, they they they've got a good eye for something that's going to entertain. Yeah. Uh I I I done played a weird game this week as well, one of those sort of colourfully uh colourful ones. I finally got round to playing Watam, which is the new game from uh the Katimari Tamasi creator. Mm-hmm. Uh it mm. <laughs> Is it another Nobi Nobi boy? It it yeah, mm. it's it's more that than it's Katamari Tamasi. Right. Yeah. Um Okay, how how do I even describe this fucking thing? Um so you have the ability to switch control between lots and lots of different interactable characters that are various different shapes and objects. So you're in this little abstract world and you could be, I don't know, you could be a big mouth that could eat things and when it eats them they turn to poop or you could be a uh, a tree that swallows things and then fires them up in the air and they're fruit now or you could be a little rubber duck or something. And it's all about going on these... Uh, slightly abstract little quests to try and make friends with with other little creatures, so more of them will come join join your group. And ultimately, the whole thing you're trying to do is just hold hands with people and make friends and make more people want to be friends with you by being like, "Hey, I helped solve your problem. Let's all hold hands and skip around in a circle a bit." And oh, oh, you've uh, some new friends and they've got problems. Um, it's the game does a great job at not requiring um at being a game about problem solving that doesn't rely heavily on text um i i will say it's really got that going for it that it does a great job at visually telling you what a character wants and letting you intuit what you need to do to solve it there's a few times where i completely just could not find solutions to puzzles because i hadn't realized that st- how do I put this? Sometimes, uh, some interactions with characters in the game can change them into different forms. Uh, an example being, like I said before, uh, if the, the tree sucks you up, it turns you into fruit or something. If you suddenly find, like, oh, I need this particular character, uh, from one of these islands to, to, to finish this quest, and you start looking around all the islands, you're like, I can't fucking find them anywhere. And you have to start going... Oh, I transformed you into something and I don't remember what. Oh. Which can get a bit... It can get a bit confusing at times. Trying to remember what is what. Mm. Because some things have more than one form they can take. But I mean, it, it was never a huge problem. There was just a couple of times where I I got stuck long enough I felt the need to Google, like, okay, what 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 other forms does this thing have? What what else might I be looking for that could be that thing? But largely, it's just a really sweet little game about making friends. And, you know, Katamari Damacy will always be my favourite thing that, that this creator has made. It... I think has the most rewarding and intuitive like gameplay loop. But Watam's Watam is, you know, cute for a few hours of of I just want to make friends with all the silly little objects and we'll have a very happy time. Mm-hmm. It's definitely on the weirder end of stuff. Like don't don't go into this going I liked Katamari Damacy. I'm gonna love this. Uh, people people learned that mistake with Nobi Nobi Boy. Yeah. They're fine now. Well, Nobi Nobi Boy just felt so directionless all the time. 
this sounds as though at least it gives you something, some clear indication of things to do. Yeah. Oh, that that is it. Like th- this at least has like a clear objective. Ultimately, you're trying to make all these creatures happy and make them friends and skip around in circles. And it's always clear what your objective is because you go up to someone, they got a little uh, exclamation mark, uh, speech bubble, thought bubble above their head. It's like, oh, I can, I can see what you're looking for. You're looking for your kids, or you want to be up really high, or you know, very simple, like find a way to do this mm. sort of uh, pictorial quest giving. It's, it's, it's got more direction, but it, it doesn't have that spark of this is fun moment to moment play you know mechanically it's more about yeah. it's more about getting yourself into a headspace and just enjoying being in a very pleasant space where everyone's nice to each other and does things to make sure everyone else is happy well there you go and sometimes that's nice sometimes that's enough i was curious about it because yeah nobi nobi boy is a fascinating thing as a as a as just an artifact of time, as a thing that existed. Mm. Um, my main problem with that was that all of the little characters wandering around seemed to be having more fun, and I wish I could have been one of them <laughs> instead of this elongated observer of the fun. Um, that which seemed to be Nobi's purpose was to just show us all of these things like cavorting devils and zebras running around. I'm like, I want to be one of them. At, at least this does let you be whichever thing you want to be. So if you find, like, I like that creature, unless you need to be something else for a specific quest, you can basically just play as whichever one you want to be playing yeah. as, which is... It's if you give me a weird, cute world, I want to have some sense of agency in it. Real agency, not just mashing two NPCs together like Brundlefly. Yeah. A lot of it is just trying to trying to find as many characters as you can to make friends with, and finding what do I need to do to bring this person here? Oh, I can I can be a I can be a burger now. Oh, I'm, I'm running around. I'm a bowling ball. Ah, it's it's weird. It's fucking weird trying to explain this game. If they were running around like that, that I would love to see a burger running around going. Look at me, I'm a burger. <laughs> I mean, they don't say it with words, but the way it acts, it, it, the burger looks very you, excited to be a burger. You know that that burger really likes being a burger. Yeah. That's all I want. That's all I want. I want to know that my burgers are happy. I mean, if if you're up for something a bit weird and surreal where you can just play as a happy burger that is excited to be a burger, you, you could do worse than this. Yeah. I mean, probably. Yeah. Uh, you played anything else this week, Jim? Um, just the same old crap. Uh, I, I started playing Witcher 3 again. I'm finally hitting the DLC, which I haven't done before. I'm on the blue DLC. I can't remember. I remember Blood and, Ri- Blood and Wine, and that is listed in the quest menu in red. And then the other one's in blue, and I'm on the blue one. And that was quite fun. I forget what the blue one is. The, re- the red one is the one that everyone talks about. That's the one everyone likes. Yeah. I'm not high enough level for that yet on this playthrough. So hopefully I will be But once I'm done with the blue DLC, which has been fun enough. A ghost possesses Geralt and you wander around a party having fun. That was all right. Uh, so that was fun. Playing Binding of Isaac, I saw that Conrad listed on his list that he's been playing it again. Because I know last time you said you bowed out because it was just getting too silly with the amount of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and then the Steam sale came along. Ah. And I bought the next... I bought the Afterbirth Plus ah. DLC. And I don't, I don't know why I did it, if <laughs> I'm totally honest. And and I, I played a bunch, and I 
boy, I was sucking. I was playing on stream. Yeah. And that, you know, I, you never perform as well I'm when you have an audience to think about and so forth. Yeah. But um, so I, I kept losing and losing, losing. And I actually just did some greed mode uh, this morning before recording and stomped ultra greed. So, you know. Uh, did you do it on uh, greedier mode? No, I don't think uh, I've unlocked greedier mode. Okay. Yet. Yeah, greedier mode is. Uh... Yeah, that's that gets fun. Yeah, so I still now will have a ridiculous amount of new crap to unlock, and I will mm-hmm. I'll keep dipping my toe into it from time to time. But. I I won't give spoilers, but I really like the the bus that was added in Afterbirth Plus. It was kind of controversial; some people didn't like it. But this the, is Delirium, yeah, is that its name? yeah, yeah. The way it, I, I love its visual design. I think it looks incredible. Um, and I, f- I find the boss mechanically interesting uh, and the the theme of the last level that, that Delirium is on mm. thematically is. And the ending you get for it is just like heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Also, I looked up the endings of, of Bumbo because Lord knows if I'll ever play it again. I played it for five minutes and was terrible. And I was like, that's enough. Not going to bother learning to be good. Um I looked up them. I saw that one ending and that, and that was fucking heartbreaking and all. Right. It's, it really yeah. is just an, it's an incredibly dark game that you don't often, you don't always think about the themes as you play it because, you know, you're shooting poo with tears. Uh, right. Ha ha, that is funny. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, the belt gives you a speed up. That's funny. Oh, wait, no, that's horrific. Um, I'm also getting that rewatching Simpsons. <laughs> Every time Homer strangles his 10-year-old son. Yeah. And there was an episode where Marge sexually assaults Homer. I saw that one for the first time yesterday. She gets all muscly and then she says, I wasn't asking. It was quite dark. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in a lot of media that mm, hasn't aged well. Oh, it was dark. But The Binding of Isaac is uh, very dark as well. But deliberately so, as opposed to yeah. her, isn't this funny? Yeah. Uh, the... The more I've thought about the themes, because I've, I've been getting really into it again. Um, I got into it before Afterbirth came out. And then I played a bit of Afterbirth and fought harsh and, and, you know, enjoyed that, but then didn't catch up with it. But these past few weeks, I've been hardcore into it again. I'm, I, I mentioned a few weeks back that I was really sucking at it, as, as Conrad did here, but I'm back to where I was, where I can put it on and reasonably expect to beat a run. Um, with some luck, um, which is good enough for me. Uh, yeah, but I've been thinking about the themes a lot more this time, and it's just horrible. <laughs> yeah. It's so... Yeah. like I always knew it was horrible, but I kind of didn't sit and proper think about everything. Um, I've mentioned before my own childhood upbringing made a lot of what's in that resonate with me, but I still didn't quite... It wasn't until I got that last ending, really, that I was like... Just the weight of how sad it is just sort of hit me. Um, but yeah, I still, I, I fucking love that game. I didn't know there was an official Isaac, uh, Binding of Isaac rap song. Is that? It's, it's on the soundtrack of um, Rebirth. And I didn't know it existed. And then I stumbled on it. Uh, and yeah, it's song from the point of Isaac, um, you know. With lines like, I'll die before I'm five, Ronald Reagan's more alive. <laughs> so I don't know how he knows about Ronald Reagan. Ooh. But it's kind of, like, it's a very silly song. Well, maybe he's, you know, like, you know Reagan's an important figure. Well, he was in a religious uh, and, household. 
you know, at the same intellectual level there by the end. Right, man. Yeah, pro- yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's a fun little song. Very silly, but, but kind of catchy. It's called Dear Diary. Um, so, yeah, I didn't know that. But, yeah, I- I'm really enjoying Isaac again. Really into it. Nice. Uh, what, what else has been played this week? Um, I've, I've still been chipping away a little bit here and there at that uh, weird and unfortunate things are happening. I'm really digging it. I'm like six hours into that demo at the moment. I'm still finding it really enjoyable. Um, I'm really loving the characterization of some of these weird eldritch gods that have become a pretty big part of the narrative. Uh, they are all very differently written in terms of their speech patterns, which I've been really enjoying. And for an RPG, the the level grinding pace has not been like, it, it's not felt too grindy. It's felt pretty well paced that the size of the area is about how many random battles you will need to do to be on pace level-wise. I always like it when it's like that, when you can just naturally go through it, and, and yeah. the progress story-wise and level-wise are kind of keeping up. Exactly. Like As, as I, I think I said last week, this, this game has got this system where as you do random battles, this meter will initially be red and eventually it goes to yellow and random battles become less often. Just just to go like, hey, you've probably beaten enough stuff in this area. <laughs> um, and I've consistently been having it the, the meter change colour and go, it's okay, you've beaten enough, you can probably move on. Just as I'm reaching the end of an area anyway. It's a nice little flag. So it's like, you know, you won't get fucked if you get hit by a boss here. Yeah, it's it's been keeping me on track so that bosses have been, you know, I've been having to think about what moves are going to have type advantage and what do I have enough uh, resources to do without getting my ass completely kicked. It's been a nice difficulty curve. Very nice. I like that. I like the sound of that. Yeah. What is that again? Weird and unfortunate things are happening? Yeah. Yeah. Weird and unfortunate things are happening. Okay. Um, But yeah, no, like for, for something that like, it, it's clear it's made in RPG Maker. Um, there are there are certain things like the 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 overworld character sprites, for example, of the the human characters. You look at them and go, that is the shape that like an RPG Maker sprite tends to be. Um, it, it definitely does have little bits of that here and there, but all of the stuff around it, like the the soundtrack, the two D uh, character art stuff, the in combat art. Has just been really nice. I've, I've been really enjoying the the enemy designs. The very odd. Um, it it's lots of taking things that we know from from everyday life and sort of twisting them in very like try, trying to do surreal, slightly disconcerting spins on them to make them into villains. And yeah, it's it's fun. I keep having to fight this this basically a, a marionette with a knife. That's his whole thing. It's just a marionette with a knife. Oh, nice. That's like an episode of JoJo's. I, a little bit. <laughs> I, I, just... I think there was something with a doll with a knife at one point in JoJo. There, there's always something at one point in JoJo. Yeah, anything you mention at some... Simpsons did it first and so did JoJo. Simpsons but... <laughs> did it first and then JoJo made it weird. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So... I'm 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 kind of bummed that like I've been doing this on stream in like couple of hour bursts and I'm I'm gonna be done with this demo soon. I'm like I, I want I want the rest of the game. I'm having a good time with it. That sounds yeah, sounds alright. Because I know you mentioned it before. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I've I've just been it, that has been my game. I've been chipping away at a little bit here and there because I I don't want it to be all gone. 
Uh, By the way, that's how you know this podcast is too British when two thirds of the cast end all of their discussions with "Yeah, mm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah." yeah, mm. yeah. We do that every episode. I've, we I've, do that, don't we? I thought I'd just yeah, point it yeah. out after four years. Oh, uh, you're gonna make me fucking self-conscious about it now, aren't you? Oh no! Oh no, it's all right. Like I do the exact same thing. It's just a British thing. I think it's fine. That's fair. Um, you know what else I did this week? I went back in and checked in on dreams. Because, you know, that's been in, in early access for, like, a year or so. Like, Little Big Planet, but, like, really big. Like, just not even little anymore. It's just a big planet. Yeah. So that 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 game is going into, like, full release properly coming out on the 14th of February. I think it's, like, two weeks from now it's coming out. And I thought, okay, this is a good time. Let's see how it's changed in a year. How's it, how's it feeling ready for launch? Um, Obviously, I can't. I, I can't say whether there's going to be an update on on the day that it's like, oh, it's out now, and they suddenly add a bunch of content in. But right now, I feel like my suspicions about that game when it first went into early access are probably correct, in that it very much feels like they put it out in early access so that it could get populated with user-generated content so that it would feel a bit more complete when it came out. And to their credit, it feels more complete than it did a year ago, largely because there is a lot of user-generated content on there, and there is a lot of things to, to see. I am, on a technical level, impressed at what people have been making. There There is a lot of technical talent on display in terms of uh, realistic recreations of things, or finding ways to make certain gameplay genres work within this game development framework. Um, the level of, like, audio quality when, like, people have made their own soundtracks and things has been really good. And there's a lot of stuff that I would look at in this and at a glance go, oh, I didn't realise that was made in Dreams. However, and maybe this is just I've not been doing enough looking, but having a couple of hours of rooting around the other day... I can't really find anything in Dreams that feels like a complete game. There is a lot of very interesting demos, and a lot of things where it's like, that's really cool, I would totally play a full game of this, but it kind of finished ten minutes in and that's it. And that is the majority of what mm. I'm seeing on Dreams, and that is my big concern about it right now, is there is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of interesting little demos and... uh vertical slices and proof of concepts and interesting stuff to check out with none of it really feeling like you can sink your teeth into it i know why that is yeah i got no proof for it but you've never needed proof for a game industry conspiracy theory <laughs> so so i'm i'm fine saying this i reckon what happens with these things is you never get a complete experience because the developers making them hold back just enough tools that their jobs won't be threatened uh, i mean i've decided I, that is the truth of it now I, here's here's the thing i keep jumping back in and out of the the creation mode itself and ah uh, the creation mode is really robust but i can't help feeling that it's much easier hmm, it's much easier to be precise when using a mouse and keyboard for game development stuff and it's not like this is that much simpler a tool set than just learning to start working in Unity or something. Dreams does have quite a nice, like, narrated narrative to take you through learning to make games, and it breaks things down very well into steps and stages and teaching you one thing at a time in a way that 
Unity itself as a game development tool doesn't really do from within the program, but you're not getting an inherently that much easier game development tool to use, and if you're putting this much effort into making a project, you might as well make one in Unity that you can actually put in places other than Dreams. And that's still my gut feeling about Dreams, is I feel like if you're gonna put the work in to make a full, complete game in Dreams, you, you may be better off just starting to learn Unity. Okay, I'm going to need you to stop saying dreams because every time you do, I hold back singing that Gabrielle song. And I, Sing it! I do hurt it. my Get throat yesterday you. and I don't want... I feel like I've genuinely damaged my throat yesterday. Oh, no. I did a cough I did a cough and a sick at the same time, man. It really hurt my oh, throat. No. I think I've busted a muscle in it. Should I just call it nightmares instead? Would that help stop stopping you think of the thing? Uh, nightmares can come true. Yeah, I can't even fit it in the rhythmic scale. You're fine with calling it that. Okay. Well, yeah, I... <laughs> Um, unless this gets some big update in the next two weeks that that changes things, right now it feels like an interesting sandbox for te- checking out people's tech demos and not really much more. Maybe I'm just not getting it. Well, maybe not. I've, that's 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 where I'm feeling right now. I mean, I don't see stories about it the way I did with Little Big Planet, where it's like someone made Final Fantasy VII in Little Big Planet. Ooh. Someone made Ico. Ooh. I don't really. S- I haven't seen. Maybe I'm just not looking in the right places. There's some of them around, but like, um, y- you know what the biggest one I saw going round was is someone in Dreams made a fake render of a what a PS5 might look like, and then a bunch of people like screenshotted <laughs> footage of it and went, "This is the PS5. <laughs> oh, the the render's been leaked," and like legit sources like started claiming, "Oh yeah, it's the, the, the that video of the PS5." It's like. No, someone fucking made it in Dreams. That's good. That is the most I've seen something made in Dreams that actually gets spread. If you can use it to just troll people about, like, upcoming console news, then Dreams has paid for itself. Yeah. Like, the the most fun I've had creatively in it is... uh, that There's this program for some of the other VR headsets. uh, God, what's it called? It's uh, Google's thing. Um, Tilt Brush, that's it. Tilt Brush is... Google's thing for like painting in 3D space in VR and you can kind of do that if you've got a PlayStation VR and you want to like you know I'll I'll make a 3D version of myself and I'll sort of do paint the hair on in 3D and that's that's still kind of fun I've still not worn off the novelty of getting to paint things with my hands in 3D space but uh, yeah Dreams has not captured me yet Uh, anyone else played anything else? While we're here. The the special edition content still ain't on my Warriors Orochi 3 or whatever it was called. Do you know when it's meant to come? 4. Warriors Orochi 4. Sometime this month. <laughs> There's not much of this month left. Uh, next month. Sometime next month. That's it. Even <laughs> worse in a way. Um, yeah, I I mean, it's just another one. I don't know. I don't know why I bought the expensive one. Even if the content had been ready yet, which it fucking should be, I don't know why I did it. Uh, I'm the last one that should be doing these things. Uh, the only other, other thing in games that got me this week was uh, finally found out what's going on with, with Pokemon uh, storage for that Pokemon game. Oh, I saw that this morning. I saw a headline. Yeah, so the short version is, back on the 3DS, uh, you know... 
all of your Pokemon could could be held in in your physical game because you know they had all the Pokemon in in the one game. But if you wanted to store them online, if you were worried about you know breaking your your console or something, uh, it was what five quid a year, and you could store all your Pokemon online. And if you didn't want to keep paying for that online service, you just put all your Pokemon back in the physical game. So it's like Christ, you... they know how to make a mint off that franchise. Oh oh oh, it, mm, you haven't fucking heard yet how they making a mint. So they finally gave details on the Switch's version of that and how you can move all those Pokemon over to the Switch. Yeah. Uh, the headline was, "Hey, there's a free version and a paid version. It's fine. There's a there's." That's the headline I saw. Mm, yeah. That free version is nothing. Oh god! It is. It is nonsense. Can you so... even store Pokemon on it for free? Mm, Can you at least do of. that? So, so first of all, for the free version, you can't bring your Pokemon for the 3DS over to the Switch. You've got to have the paid version to bring your Pokemon, you know, from the old console to the new one. Okay. Which wouldn't which wouldn't be so bad if you know. Uh, you only had to, you know, you pay for it for one month, transfer everything over, stop paying for it, and whatnot. Oh. Uh, free users get 30 spaces for Pokemon. Right. They can bring 30 Pokemon into this online thing. That is, considering there are about 250 species of Pokemon that even after all the DLC this year won't be in Sword and Shield. Yeah, I mean, that's not even enough for the Gen 1. That, that's, yeah, exactly. And... I, I think where this gets really gets really cheeky is they've not said how long the 3DS's storage is going to stick around and how long you'll be able to transfer stuff over for. So there's that sort of fear of, oh, what if I don't do it in time and, you know, all my things go. Of course, create some pressure. Uh, yep. Uh, they've tripled the price, so it's now £15 a year. Brilliant. Uh, there is no Switch game that you can take all of your collection offline because, you know, the ones that aren't in Sword and Shield... If you if you stop paying for the Switch's you know subscription to, to house your Pokemon online, it's not like you can go. I I'm ju- I'll just put them in my game so that I don't have to pay for an online subscription anymore. You have no exit strategy wow. for this. Uh it's real fucking bad. Uh what was the, what was the other thing? I'm sure there was one other thing that was really. Oh, the other thing that's really scummy about it is you can trade with other people like. You know how Sword and Shield has that shitty trading system where you put in four-digit number codes to... Oh, yeah, piece of shit. Yeah, that piece of shit where you can't just pair with a friend. Mm. So when this Pokemon Home comes out, you will just be able to pair with a friend. And that's great, you know. You'll finally be able to just go, this is the person I want to trade with, no bullshit codes, fine. Um, Except... If you don't pay for the premium version of the app, you can't check the stats of the Pokemon you're going to receive. Oh my god. Yeah, being able oh. to judge Pokemon stats... Because obviously, like, let's say you've unlocked it for free in Sword and Shield, you can check your own Pokemon stats. If someone tells you... They're charging for fraud protection. Yeah, so if someone tells you, oh yeah, I'll trade you my, my perfect stats Charizard, and you set up the trade, it's like, well, they're sending me a Charizard. I, I can't fucking check if it's a perfect stats one like they say, because I didn't pay them 15 quid a month. Uh, 15 quid a year, sorry. But... That's that's the one that feels scummy. God, they know how to make their fucking money. They they have kept that Pokemon scam running for a long, long time. I mean, it's a dollar a month or a pound a month, and that doesn't seem outrageous. But on the principle of the whole goddamn thing, it's outrageous. Here's here's the thing: if if you if those two things have been changed, if there'd been enough storage space that hey, uh, how's about this? If they'd said the free the the free version. 
You can store any Pokemon that are currently not supported in Sword and Shield for free. Any that are in Sword and Shield that you want to back up, okay, you need to pay for space for those. You, you give them free space for the stuff that they can't take offline. Yeah. And allow people to judge other people's trades. I'd go, yeah, that's... Because like, there, there's some other little things here and there that you get for, for being paid. Um, You can trade more stuff in the... You can have a bigger Wonder Trade box to set stuff up to Wonder Trade over time. You can have more global trade system, trades set and pinging. Uh, like, there's a bunch of little things that I'm like... If that's what I was paying for, and the base set, uh, the the base service was, you can store your stuff here that can't go in Sword and Shield yet, and you can you can judge whether Pokemon are good or not before trades. I'd be fine. I'd be fine with them yeah. charging. But like those two things in particular, feel like they're strong arming people into. We say there's a free version. There's really not. <laughs> you know what? I mean, it's obvious why they do it because the first hit's free. Yeah. They give you an introduction. They make they frustrate you into wanting more. By the way, no drug dealer I've ever met has ever conducted business under that offer. They've never had that offer system. No, because they know that their stuff is good enough that they don't have to give it away for free. It's drugs. Someone will pay them for it. Some of the same corporations that were making cartoons about drug dealers in the 80s. That's where it come from. It was their own idea. They thought this first hit three thing that we're doing in this cartoon about the man made out of smoke, that's brilliant. We'll do that in about, I don't know, 20, 30 years. (laughs) And they did. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna end up paying that fifteen quid a month. I know I'm gonna do it. I'm not gonna be happy about it. I'm gonna. I'm glad I'm only a little bit into Pokemon. Like I, I will play them for a bit. I, I will say there is one thing that that I, I don't think I've, I've floated the, the prospect to you yet, Jim, about Pokemon. Mm-mm. You know how with that new D- when that DLC comes out in the summer, they're adding like a bunch of the old Pokemon that weren't in Sword and oh, Shield yeah. launch back in. Uh. That means Ekans could be back in. Could be among them, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, throw my pennies down the wishing well on this. Yeah, you, you you don't need to. I can, it, you can get all the ones that get added back in without buying the DLC. So I could just oh, trade you an Ekans when the DLC lands. I could just trade you an Ekans without you having to pay any money. If I get the free version of Pokemon Home, yeah, can I can I get my shiny Ekans into Sword and Shield? That is one thing you can do for free. So. That that box that that ability to transfer thirty Pokemon at a time, you could move your shiny Ekans I've got a into shiny that box Ekans. of thirty. I've got yeah, a shiny Gengar. For for free, assuming that Ekans is in that two hundred Pokemon, which I I yeah. reckon Ekans will be. In I've there. got a shiny Lickitung and all. If I don't get my fucking Lickitung, there's going to be fucking hell to pay. Considering that adding two hundred old ones in, I fully bet this is where all of the uh. the the Gen One stuff from Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee gets added back in. So if I don't get to transfer my shiny Lickitung, I'm getting my mum involved. I. I I I would put money on you being able to bring your shiny Ekans and Lickitung over in the summer. All right, because I don't want to get my mum involved. <laughs> she don't want to get involved. None of us want to get involved, but we will if we have to. That's totally fair. We will if we uh... have to. Yeah. So that's Pokemon. Anything else happened? It's been so quiet lately. Oh, how have I managed to go an hour without mentioning Digital Homicide? <laughs> How have I managed to go that long? Uh, yeah, I didn't want to bring it up, and I, I didn't wasn't, know. Yeah. I didn't know if you wanted to give them the attention or not, so I didn't put it on the docket. I think I've just been enjoying my duties as co-host too much today. If I were to rate myself, I'd give myself an eight out of ten. I think I've been <laughs> congenial. I think I've been calm. I think as I look after my throat, I've given myself a smooth, milky voice. 
if if I were to rate my talent up with the stars, I'd say I could comfortably MC a cabaret club in a holiday park for caravans. Mm. The ones that parents go to. Right, right, right. Yeah. The one that's either never going to be or is coming down from a period of, of success. So, you know, just I do the bingo. I introduce, you know, the singers and may host karaoke night. So I think I think I'm eight out of ten for me. What would you rate yourself, yeah, Laura, yeah. today? What me? Yeah, I I don't know what I'd rate myself. Uh, nine on ten. Nine on ten. Keep keep the I'll, ship I'll take, going. I'll take a nine on ten. Today's today's keep an alright day. Nine going. on ten. Why not? Uh, Conrad, you don't get to rate yourself. You're still on a review period. You've got to be on the right. show for about three years. So right. we will reevaluate. Or you can buy the premium version in which to find out your rating. Oh, you fast track. Yeah, you fast track. Don't worry about that. Uh, you've been on this podcast for free. <laughs> but yeah, you've only got space for 30 episodes. <laughs> so how have I gone an hour? And how did I get distracted from digital? That's bit What? Why is that a thing now? Why is why are they a thing again? Who let that happen? Hey, hey, it's almost like they've put their games on a new place to sell them very recently and are looking for a new excuse to get their their name remembered so that people find like I wouldn't have known their games were on a new platform had they not done this. Yeah. So I think it works. It's it's almost as if I play completely into their hands because it's free content, isn't it? Uh, that's exactly the situation. Um, I'll tell you, no, I was going to ignore it when I first heard of it because I woke up Monday morning and then heard that they'd been going on their little spree and wasn't going to rise to it because I, re- I honestly, the amount of times you see me complain about stuff, that is like 1% of the stuff that happens. When I see like editorials and videos posted about me, like misrepresenting, slagging me off. It, it's not worth it. I mellowed out a lot than I used to be in, like, back when I was a more of a dick. I almost said a dick and then had to add the more of it because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. in fairness, sure. In fairness yeah. to myself, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't going to do it, but then I made the mistake of reading the blogs and they were so wrong. Hey, hey, Jim, Jim, did you know that you are a horrible person and a villain who... Is spurious and bad, and it... did you know that digital homicide is the only reason you have a career? You d- you didn't have a career before g- digital homicide. I I don't I don't know who I was working with at that point in history because it clearly fucking wasn't you. Apparently. Oh yeah. If my coverage had no impact on them, why did they sue me citing loss of earnings? I don't get that bit because I I remember the lawsuit. I read it. I tell you, I tell you what, I tell you who else read it, and all my lawyer. <gasps> that was one of their complaints in their blog was that I wasted time. Oh well, yeah, but I mean, it took you, it took you like a month, a month to find a lawyer, Jim. That's just unreasonable. It's almost like finding a good lawyer in a different state takes a little bit, and I, and I had help with it. And when that state is Arizona, by the way, yeah. you really gotta look. Yeah, I had help with it. Like, I know someone who's a lawyer, and his uncle is like a bigwig lawyer down here. And I talked to the bigwig lawyer, and he knew someone in Arizona. But even that took time with a leg up, never mind, you know, having to do it from scratch. They're lucky it took that. Why would I drag the case out? <laughs> uh, Why would I sure. drag the case out? 
Surely you should have done the quick thing, which is to just represent yourself. That that would have saved time. Yeah, you well, wouldn't yeah. have fucking wasted everyone's time if they're you did that. Obviously, that's the thing. It's like they're frustrated because you're dragging things out with things like getting lawyers when they're perfectly happy with self-representation. I don't know why they didn't just like say, we're going to put some tent pegs in the ground, tie some string around it, and we'll just wrestle in the mud inside that circle. Like... For all the good their lawsuit did and for all the good they expect would have been done if I'd have said, am I being sued? I'll be there in a jiffy. I'm going to get right on a plane to Arizona and defend myself. We'll bang this out in a week. It ain't going to happen. They're a pair of morons. Has anyone ever thought that to themselves? Because I'm starting to think they're stupid. I mean, I'm not going to argue with that. Fucking Robert, remind. I am not going to make a statement as to their intelligence. I don't think this is a good move professionally. Oh, Conrad, they can't afford to sue you. You'll be fine. (laughs) They wasted all their money on me. I'm not concerned about suing them. I I, I, I really can't tell. I mean, I think they're clearly uneducated in the law. They, They don't understand what criticism is. I, I, but I don't know. I mean, look who's president, man. Like, uh, yeah, uh. I don't know. I can't tell what's cunning and what's what's rank stupidity now. Are you saying James and Robert could be president and VP? Oh God, don't say that. Oh, 20, 2020. Let's make it the reminds. Reminds twenty twenty. Oh, I would be on that campaign. I don't like them. I hate the pair of them. I will never forgive them. They cost me. They were genuinely harmful. This is one but of the reasons. But they deserve to be president. But they should be president. <laughs> I would. I would. I, I would genuinely be their spin doctor, and I would do it honestly. I wouldn't even make them look bad. I mean, I've got a fucking uphill struggle to make them look good, but I'll give it a good go. You know. Um, they're genuinely harmful. I knew some people rolled their eyes when I did it because I did a I, yeah, I did a video on it. Something to do on a Tuesday morning, isn't it? So I did the video. I knew some people had rolled their eyes. There's some people I know, and they said they rolled their eyes. But they don't get to do what they're doing because what they did was so genuinely harmful to me on a personal level. So they don't get to write their little blog post saying, "Oh, we've lost all faith in the justice system. You don't know what it's like to be represented as a tyrant." It's, Jesus Christ! You you don't like no one has ever said anything... Wait, you don't know what it's like to be represented as a tyrant, Jim? I mean, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> like the amount of... You don't have to look very hard to find people calling me every name under the fucking sun. You know what it fucking reminded me of? It's, it's all of those, like... It, it's whatever you see, like, there's anti-trans people or anti-gay people who are like, I'm being silenced, I announce in a national newspaper. I'm not allowed a voice anymore, I yeah. say on the TV. It's 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 that just, like, obliviousness. They're a pair of fucking rats. They're, and I'm, I mean metaphorically, I'm not slandering them by saying they're actual rats. Anyway. <laughs> I... <laughs> I said in my video, and it was great, and I'm going to say it again because it was so great. I said, I don't know how Robert reminded me. Wait, you mean you're not slandering rats, right? I (laughs) just want to make sure he got that the right way around. Yeah, I don't want to be sued by big vermin. (laughs) I see a mouse running around this fucking house lately. It's either a a big mouse or a small rat, and I'm not happy with either of those prospects. It's like this house is like trying to dig in every last fuck you it can. It's like, oh, you're moving in a couple weeks. Have a fucking... 
small rat or a big mouse. Dealer's choice. <laughs> the house is the dealer and I don't know what it's chosen because it moves too fast. I put down a humane trap, but it's not taking the bait. They said you could use some peanut butter, which I did, but I don't think it was good peanut butter. Oh. It, ha- it had some c- coloration on the top. But I wasn't going to use the good peanut butter on a mouse. Do you know how I caught a mouse once that was running around my house? I made like a little slope by, you know, stacking some books and having a ruler up up the, the books. And then I had a half a two litre of uh, fizzy drink that I cut in half. And I squeezed up the ruler uh, a bunch of fruit. Mm. I just squeezed a bunch of bits of fruit up it. And yeah. then put fruit in the bottom of the, uh, the oh. sort of uh, fizzy pot bottle. Yeah. So the mouse... Went for the fruit, went for the fruit, slides down into the bottle. Fuck, I'm trapped down here now, but I do have some delicious fruit until the morning when I get put outside the house. That's nice. That's better than where I thought you were going, because I was thinking, how is this humane when you said you had a stack of books and a ruler? I'm like, this is going to end badly for <laughs> no, the mouse. No, I made a, I made a little root made so little that the thing, mouse would yeah. like climb up the thing and then slide down into the bottle, and then it, you know, it couldn't get out until I let it out. Why can't which... I have a gullible mouse? <laughs> Oh, they're not. I've, I've, on TV, they're really easy to catch. If you played that game Mousetrap, it don't even move. <laughs> this one fucking moves. I've not been prepared for this. They don't teach you that in school. They don't teach you dealing with mice or filing your taxes. But I know what potassium does when it hits water. That has never helped me, by the way. <laughs> Knowing that potassium explodes a bit when it's near water. That has never come up. (laughs) Someone tell me how to switch the gas on in my new apartment. Someone tell (laughs) me how to make the landlord hurry up to give me the meter number. Someone tell me that and how to catch a mouse and how to file my taxes. And I don't need to know anything about chemical components. Oh, God. I've been on fire on this podcast. Not because I'm potassium in water. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even say I was on fire to lead to that. That's how quick I am. I said I'm on fire, and then it hit me. Then it hit me like a meteor in a glass house. So, the joke's on you. What is this episode? (laughs) Me at my best. This is this is the peak for me. It's all downhill from here. Yeah, I mean, I might listen later and think, what the hell was that? But right now... In this moment. Right now, you're riding high, 8 out of 10. 8 out of great 10. Great not perfect. 8 on 10 is literally great not perfect. Oh, I want to be perfect. <laughs> 10 on 10. 10. 10 on 10, you're perfect. 10 on 10, I'm perfect. Yeah. Did we do it? I think that's it. I think we did it. That'll do. I've got to go to the doctor... Because among many of the things wrong, I've had this ear infection that's gone through two rounds of antibiotics. It ain't going away. I don't piss blue anymore. That got sorted. But I've, I've had a filling done on Monday. I've got to do a multiple. Because I've never had tooth problems until now. But suddenly, like, a bunch of teeth decided, <laughs> fuck you. Uh, so I've, I've, I've got to go back there uh, in February before I go. I've had the back... I've had the blue piss, I've had the teeth, ear infection. Everything I saved up for the move has been pissed down the medical drain. <laughs> it's fucking annoying. I'll be all right. I'm not I'm not actually all that bad off, but it's fucking... I'm so tired. I've had drills in my mouth and blew out my willy. <laughs> That's s- not a colour you're meant no, to have out of it. The moment I get to Philadelphia, I'm just going to sleep on the nice 
grey slat floor with the white wall that looks really nice. It's exactly my aesthetic. Just going to curl up in the unfurnished room and just sleep for a week. So that's what I'm going to do. I've been so good on this podcast. I'm going to reward myself. None of you get to know what it is. Oh, oh okay. It's a secret right. present for me. No, I've earned my scare well, glow. That's it. I bought a scare glow. It glows in the dark, so I'm winning. Uh, I'm winning. That's, have you that's got, very rad. I'll tell you what, right? Ramayan yeah. Brothers, have you got a 1 6 scale glow in the dark <laughs> scare glow, the evil ghost of Skeletor? No, you fucking don't. And if you hadn't have wasted your money filing a lawsuit, you could have got one too. They're quite affordable for premium figures, you pair of fucks. Laura? Me? <laughs> How would people find you on the internet if they'd like to do that? Me, Laura K Buzz in all of the places. Laura K Buzz in t- Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Patreon.com forward slash Laura K Buzz. Please consider chucking me a dollar a month or more if you can. That is what keeps me doing this full time. Everything I publish ends up on LauraKBuzz.com, be it written articles, videos, podcasts, whatnot. Uh,. I published a thing today where you might have seen that 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 nice heartwarming viral tweet going around of that mum that went and played the Pokemon card game with her with her daughter and then beat her, beat her daughter at the at the tournament <laughs> having never played before. Um, I I uh, interviewed that that mum about like hey, what what was it been like becoming the the weird mascot of wholesome trading card playing? Yeah. What was it like grinding your spawn's face into the dirt like every <laughs> pair of dreams? <laughs> it. It it was real sweet. It, it like we we I did a little interview with her and and it just turned into a really nice story about how it's become a bonding thing because like she used to take her kid to go play the trading card game like every Saturday and never really understood what it was and very recently her kid was like, "Hey, just come come in and play. I'll teach you." And so, sudden suddenly she's like, "Oh, I understand that thing that you I've been taking you to for a decade. I understand my child." And it was it's a very sweet little story. That's nice. Um, so I wrote about that, and you can read that on laurakbuzz.com. Uh, there's a bunch of podcasts that I do. I am on Pixel Squirt. It is a video game porn review podcast. Uh, Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that is where I do talking about things that aren't video games. I've realised I've done this in the wrong order, because I've got to pitch my books and shit, and I, I can't go to Dice Funk before I'm ready to throw it to Comrades. I'll come back to that in a minute. Uh, Uncomfortable Labels. It's about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum. It's a book where books are, or an audiobook on laurakbuzzstore.com. Things I Learned from Mario's Butt. That's coming in October, or earlier if you get it on Unbound. Uh, that's the book with all the butts in it. I'm looking forward uh, to that. Yeah, I'm, I'm so ready for it. Um, I, I've, I've got... I've got page design samples and I can I can send you them and show you them in a bit. They are I'll take a look. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 all starting to come together now. It's all coming together. Um I next week I'm going to be doing a bunch of coverage um of game development in the Netherlands. I'm going to be in the Netherlands for a week uh reporting on a really interesting little uh, game jam about mm. sustainable and diverse games and learning about the uh, the local game development scene, so Look forward to a bunch of travel journalism from me next week. Oh, very swish. Uh, and then Dice Funk. That's what I'm on. It's the D and D podcast three, four, five, and six, and seven. Those are the seasons that I am on or will be on. I'm on that with Conrad. Conrad, what you do? 
Oh, gosh. Well, I do Dice Funk with you, as you said, and I'm on seasons uh, six and five and six and, and the forthcoming season seven. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Conrad Zimmerman. You can purchase audiobooks from me if you like the sound of this voice and you imagine that hearing it read books to you would be a good thing. You can get those at uh, ConradReads.com. And I've got a new one uh, coming out. Like, it's probably out by now. And I'm not just saying that. <laughs> As a means of creating an artificial deadline for myself to have it out. But um, I'm editing it up right now. It's H.G. Wells' The Time Machine. Uh, it'll be available at conradreads.com. Uh, yeah, so should be there by now. Oh, I could, I could, mm. I could real go for listening to you read that. It's, it's a, it's, it holds up yeah. surprisingly well. Yeah, there. you know, I mean... You still have to keep in mind, yes, this comes from a, you know, colonialist's perspective. Yeah. But... Yeah, you know, that aside, there's uh, there's some real interesting uh, stuff in there still uh, that that I think is valuable even now. Uh, so you can get that. You can buy uh, button pins, badges, whatever you want to call them from me at pinfultruth.com. That's p-i-n-f-u-l-t-u-r-u-t-h dot com. Uh, you can watch me on Twitch, uh, streaming video games. I'm Twitch.tv/slash that Conrad Zimmerman because I can't get my whole name back and. Uh, let's see. Uh, other podcasts that I do, uh, I do the Spinoff Doctors with Jim, where we talk about movies, where video games are a central element. We uh, also do a podcast called Boston's Favorite Son, allegedly. <laughs> and, uh, and let's see. Um, oh, Of Horse, BoJack Horseman fancast, where I talk about the, of Ho- uh, the BoJack Horseman TV show. And Jim, you have a Patreon, I think. Yeah. Um, and thank you to it's patreon.com slash gemquisition and thank you to the people who since Tuesday have been throwing me a couple bucks each just saying here's if you need another lawyer so I'm, I really appreciate the thought and the sentiment thank you very much but yeah you can support the gemquisition and everything I do on there um, I was I normally plug the twitch but I've just been so it's with the move and the medical and just everything mm. haven't had the really the energy to do it but twitch tv gymquisition i i love doing it i just i really need to get into a position where i can do it again maybe after i move um hopefully a couple before but more 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 stable and more regular i hope after i move we shall see need to get a nice big chair again at these like smaller but like really stiff chairs i thought they'd be good for my back but i clearly did nothing um so anyway that's that Uh, I think that's it. I think thank you very much for listening and uh, goodbye. Bye. Bye. And remember, that'll fuck them up if Justin edits this right. I didn't feed the cat.